Welcome to the big trees of small business. Joe Watkins, Travis Castle, coming to you. We got the truths. We got the truths. We got the truths of small business. We got the truths. We got the truths. We got the big truths of small business. Did you know that we are sponsored by? Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent. Yes, I rent property management. We place good tenants, collect your rent, maintain your properties, and account for it. And you're listening to self-imposed stress that we place on ourselves as business owners on the truths. We got the truths. We got the big truths. We got the big truths. A small business sponsored by SIREN. Welcome to the Big Truths of Small Business, once again starring your host, Travis Castle, sidekick Joe Watkins, and today we are here to discuss self-imposed stress with the small business owner, something that I am intimate with. Tired of correcting the record here. Oh, I'm, I'm the real host, and <laughs> Travis is the sidekick. I'm not going to get away with that so, crap. So, so what's interesting, Joe says don't call me a sidekick and immediately calls me a sidekick. I'm going to do it to you if you're going to do it to me. All right, We're well, both you know co-hosts You know here. what? Here's the deal. You're stressing me out, man. All right. Let's, well, this let's is, get into This it. is a very stressful conversation in the midst of a very stressful time in the world right now. In all seriousness, we, we, we feel like talking about this self-imposed stress, this... We talk about a lot of things that creep up in our world and our business because we feel like there's probably things that are going on with you out there. And um, we put a little time in this as we, you know, maybe stumbled across this a couple of days ago, wondering how much time are we really spending on things that possibly are self-imposed. And I, I don't know, it was just, it was, a, it was a trigger for both of us to go, we got to talk about this on the podcast. And this is serious stuff. I think this just in the process of us going through this, it's really opened our eyes to some things that we had not thought about. I hope it does the same for you. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, when I think of, when we start talking about this in relation to what we do, you know, self-imposed stress is sort of that thing, you know, to give a definition that you're walking around with every day. Um, obviously the word here, self-imposed, it's something that, you know, maybe a couple of different categories, one of which maybe exist in the real world, something you've done here. And that and that that thing that you've done in your business sticks with you every day. It, it stays in your mind after you leave work. It's riding home with you. It's in the conversations with your family, with your wife, your kids, or, or whoever. And that's self-imposed stress. Uh, and then there's another version of it, Joe. I think when I hear this term, that is self-imposed stress that doesn't actually exist in the real world. It's not something that you did or a screw up that you made. It's just you know, some fearful thought that you have, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and so to break it down and, and, and know where, I mean, I think the first thing I do is go, Hey, I'm stressed. Where are the stresses coming from? And which one, which one of these do I have control over? Uh, and I think that's where the self-imposed uh, part of this matters. And so let's get right in. And I think we're going to talk about initially what, what are the, uh, the basic categories of self-imposed stress and why are they there? And then we'll talk later about what we think are some ideas of solving some of these issues. 
So I'm going to jump in with number one. And these are not in necessarily an order of, of priority. They're just, they're just in order of, of how we discussed them earlier. But I think a very, very big one is misplaced expectations. You have an inappropriate, undefined, misplaced expectation. You, you, you think you should be here in your journey or in your revenue stream or your sales or, or, or whatever you know, it is you're trying to accomplish and you're falling short. And so you, you are beating yourself up. And what you probably haven't done is, is, is stepped back and said, did I have a proper expectation to begin with? Right. We talk about expectations a lot. Well, I, I think in general, when people quote unquote, go into business, you know, you start the new business, there's all kinds of expectations that aren't founded in any research or in any data or in any actual reality. They're kind of just, maybe they're more the reason you did it. You know, I did it to have financial freedom or I did it to have time freedom or I did it because I hate my ball. I did it for a bunch of reasons that ultimately when you start actually showing up for work and it's day one and it's day 10 and now it's day 30 and now it's, you know, six months in and you've, you've burnt some cash here. Um, you begin to realize, wait a minute, my expectations were off. You know, I, I, I skipped some steps here in the research. I skipped some fundamentals and now I've, again, self-imposed some stress on myself because, man, I thought I'd be making $10,000 a month, six months. I mean, we're human beings. We get caught up into the excitement. We get caught up into, you know, this is going to change my life. This is going to redefine who I am. And, and we do skip some steps. And let's, let's, that rolls us really right into number two, which I think is going to spend some time on, is the reason why you may have, and maybe the most predominant reason why you have misplaced expectations is because you haven't actually sat down to create a framework, a business plan that is founded on truth. This is the big truth. And, and so, again, um, we're in the property management business. If we're going to compete with a national property management company, we better go get several million dollars in marketing budget. That's not going to happen. So if we're, if we're going to bring on 100 properties a month, it's not going to happen because we don't have the marketing budget they have. That's a misplaced expectation. So, so uh, what a business plan allows you to do, and, and I encourage you to do this with, with, with others that you trust in business that can help you at least go back and look at what you've created and, and give you some check and balance on it. But I, you've, got, you've got to sit down in a, in, a, in a free mind, away from the phone, away from distraction, and really map out what you think is accomplishable, how much money you're going to need, what kind of people you're going to need, the people, talent, and skills you're going to need, and, 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 and create a, a, an overview plan. Now you've got something, a framework you can work inside of that I, I call it, you know, it gives you some guardrails. So, so yeah, I like that a lot. And, and I'm going to take that, I'm going to skip on down the line a little bit from the startup guy's expectations because I think we can all easily understand if you've never been in business or you've never been in that industry, how it's easy to get those expectations off. I'm, I'm going to skip on down the line. I'm going to go to the business owner that's starting to hire people. Maybe you were a one-man band. Maybe it was you and your wife or you and your, it was a family business. And now you're hiring people that you don't know. And the, the, the idea that maybe there's not a written job description, 
<laughs> Maybe the only job description is the posting that you made somewhere, but there's actually no written plan around onboarding new employees, bringing people in, uh, 90 days of training, measuring results, and now your self-imposed stress is now being imposed on your new employee. Joe, does this has this ever happened to you in any business you've been in? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I think in small business, we're our people become the heartbeat of their owner. And, uh, and I'm, I'm not great at that myself. I, I actually have removed myself from certain meetings and, and such that I don't let my self-imposed stress, you know, carry over to the team. Um, but, the, but, but let's back up. And, 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 the, and the point is here without a, a, a business plan and framework, and you kind of got into some operational type stuff below that, but we're operating oftentimes small business without even the high level framework. That's right. Here's my, here's, here's, here's my business goals in terms of revenue. Here's the allocation of resources that, that would need to happen to occur that, to, to make that happen. Um, do I have access to this? Is there enough time of day to accomplish this? Look, I've got family and other things. Um, I, I've got to make sure that I have a, a family life balance and we don't, we don't include that all the time in, in this framework. Um, so this is a big deal. A business plan that's really well documented, written, and thought through is super important to your downstream stress. Well, that, that, that's a bit of a solution. And there was something that we studied uh, a few episodes ago and something that I, I, had, I was not privy to. But, you know, back in um, October, in fact, a year ago, there was, I don't know who does this. So I'm, 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 I don't have the facts here, but there's groups of people that meet right? And they study, they do what they call a pre-mortem, right? And, and this actual, this pandemic that we're going through was something that this group of people met, kind of this think tank, and they kind of went through what happened, what would happen in a pandemic. And so they sort of put themselves in the mental, mentally of a pandemic, and they started describing what would have to happen, how nations would have to work together. And, you know, again, I don't have all the details, but I found that kind of fascinating because right behind that actually happened. Uh, a pandemic. So in thinking about your business, one of the ways, you know, again, we're not really into solution mode, but you started with solutions right there. This idea of when you do the game plan, you, you start to write down, you know, what is my business going to look like? What is the funding? What are the people? Where are the areas that I'm deficient? You know, it's kind of interesting to go to the next stage and go, man, if my business crashed, you know, three years from now and I'm out of business, why would I have been out of business? You know, what, what would happen to actually put me out of business before I ever go into business? This is kind of an interesting spin uh, well, on what you're saying. You're, you're actually bringing in, and we didn't write this down, but you're bringing in one of the big truths of small business, foundational truths. Um, and this is a reason why you, you may be very stressed and self-imposed stress. And, and by the way, self-imposed stress doesn't mean that it's not valid it might be real yeah. it could be real and so here's a real one you went into business under false pretense you entered a business with not enough money in your bank account you don't have enough margin in your life let's, to go create a small business that requires time to build revenue let, let's don't move too far past that point because that point when it comes to self-imposed stress that's probably the number one financial margin you were underfunded 
to start the enterprise that you started. You you were too optimistic about early sales is is, is probably the number one self-imposed. Well, I mean, uh, th- that's emotionally based, but that, that, that needs to be in the framework of, uh, I mean, in that frame, I, again, we can point back the solution is the framework that's well thought out, but it also is the problem when you don't have it. So having your financial margin needed not just for if things go well but if things go poorly now what does it look like well here's what we know happens in small business right from doing it ourselves and making i know i've made this mistake i'm guilty of it um i know you've made this mistake and you know i struggle to find the small business guy that didn't make this mistake the buckets you begin to dip into when you were financially underfunded is that personality type just works harder. They just buckle down. They go 10 times faster. So what bucket are they taking from? They're, 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 they're dipping into the time bucket now. That's right. And they're dipping into, you know, again, this, you and I use the term margin and, and I know what you mean. And, and margin is a concept. Now, honestly, I learned margin in, in the Christian circles was the first time I was introduced to the concept of margin, which is I'm building in um, kind of uh, an error portion into my decision making. In other words, if I'm, you know, if I'm going on vacation and I think I need fifteen hundred bucks, I'm probably going to budget two thousand dollars. My dad always says right. it costs twice as much, takes twice as long. Takes cost twice. <laughs> it, it's more than you think. It's always more than you think, and I think that's true in any way. Certainly true in small business. So anyway, yeah, I, I think the financial bucket ends up stealing from the time bucket, and then you're robbing your family and everybody else when you do that. Yeah, and 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 what what is that? These all sort of are interconnected. If if you're not real about where your financial margin is, then you probably have put some misplaced expectations on your business outcome. You definitely have, right? Yeah, and then that that is tied directly back into your like you just mentioned your 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 time margin. You can't build a, a business around you spending 80 hours a week for very long. Right. Y- yes, I'm all in with get get dirty for a minute, you know, 90 days, 120 days. You're going to have to. You can't do that for 24 months. Right. You just can't. It, yeah. Everything else in your life breaks down. Now where's stress coming from? Your wife, your kids, the self-imposed, you know, stress you've created because – you're not spending time with your kid. You're not showing up at their ball game. Right. And so you can't ignore balance in your life to remove self-imposed stress. If you create good balance, you're gonna, you, it's going to help you again. Well, and that, I, I would say, before we move on from that, I, I would say that, say, you know, I'm always looking for how do you know this before you get too deep into it. Well, if you're the guy that keeps dipping financially – you're probably the same guy that keeps, and by that I mean you're you're going to get more credit cards. You're going to the bank. You're still in time margin too. You're still in time margin too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, no that, question. That, that's who you are, and that's man. That's uh, you put those two together. You you get in debt with your finances. You get in debt relationally with your family and the time, and and you got to at some point stop. Gosh, I, that's going to be another podcast. I love the idea of financial debt works very similarly to relationship debt. Sure does. And I like that. Very good. I, I, we were remiss to say, uh, to not say this. Um, in, in your game plan, this is something that people will actually not target 
in their business plan. And if you don't do this, you're going to be even aimless inside of a framework, okay? And that's, you got to know who your customer is and you've got to build the framework around that. If you don't, you could be out there aimlessly running hard at a customer that you're not reaching. And so, again, this is all interconnected. I just, I got a little out of order here, but you've got to identify a narrow customer and, and, and be able to track your progress against that. And so everything is pointed. If it's not pointed, then you're, you're going you're gonna to place a lot of stress on so, yourself. So this, this begins to me to creep into the expectations part it does. of the conversation because, you know, I'm thinking about, golly, now look, I, I outpunted my coverage big time. Uh, when, when I got married, but you know, I'm thinking about the 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 guy that that sees the prom queen over there, and uh, man, he he is th- that's the only girl in school that he wants to ask out. That's it. It's that one girl, and and the truth that his buddy can't tell him is, hey man, guess what? She's never going to the the prom with you. Like like you're out of your league. It's kind of what you mentioned earlier. You know, if you're operating in a uh, space where you've got, you know, venture-backed, funded Wall Street, billions of dollars targeted right at the niche that you have targeted, you got to get real about serving that market and about serving now a subset of that market in order to be successful. Oh no question. I don't mm-hmm. want to compete against the uh, the the quarterback <laughs> if I if I'm the uh, overweight trombone player, which really <laughs> gets us. Um, and we got to say it. This is another fundamental big truths of small business concept: self awareness. Uh, we know every episode. Self awareness. Listen, if 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 I'm going after the prom queen who's hitting the gym <laughs> every day. And I, looking and looking like you know she's on Baywatch, and, and I'm and I'm hitting a hop every morning, and, I, and I'm I'm way <laughs> overweight and could care less about. And, and again, this is something not that she does naturally, but she's she's targeting. She's targeting. That's a problem. That's a problem. I've got a problem. You got a problem. I, I need intervention at that point. And so self awareness allows us to actually do a lot of these other things. That's right. Self awareness allows us to create a business plan that's, so, that, that will work, not one that's based on falsehoods, but that will work. So, so, so the best thing in my life right now, so I play golf with a group of guys who, if they break 90, they are high-fiving, they're putting it on Facebook, they're taking a picture of their scorecard if they shoot 88. You've now lost them as, as audience members. Have I? Well, I'm just saying, now, now look, we know the average golfer doesn't break 90. So I'm not saying that's a bad goal. Mm. Like, that's a great, yeah. I mean, absolutely. You shoot 88, you're better than, I don't know. That's where you were when golfers. I met you, by the way. Well, I mean, that's debatable, but we'll, we'll keep going. You know, that's, that's kind of, I think that's coming from the sidekick conversation. But <laughs> uh, if it, Joe, if you shoot 88 tomorrow, <laughs> based on your expectations, very your upset. Set, I don't know if there's not a broken golf club or two in that. It could, very well could be. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's all about expectations and all about self-awareness here. I mean, let's, uh, let's be real. So let's, let's give, let's give a fifth and I'm going to recap the sort of what we've come up with, the, with the main, why this happens. There's probably plenty more here, but we came up with another one. And I think there's a lot tied to this one too. 
when we let the the angry customer, the one angry customer, dominate our headspace and define our business, then we then we then we turn around and use that that negative vibe into negative self-talk about our business. And it's not true. It's not always true. In, in fact, most of the time, it's not true. Mm-mm. It doesn't mean we don't need to, to address what's going on. But to, 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 to take a Google one-star review and catapult that across our entire business, it's, it's really what's, what's hurting in our society right now. And, and, and so it's not just the, the, the one negative customer. It's, it's, you know, it's something that's permanently printed now, potentially. It's the person who went and wrote a paragraph about you and it's not reflective of your business, but it defines you and it eats you up. We can't let that happen. Well, and if you have if you have employees under your roof and you're not just working by yourself, them too. Um, yeah. It affects them too. I mean, they they care. Um, often, you know, they they care more. I mean, they're 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 touching these situations, and when that review pops up, it's a it, it's more than just the online world that you have to deal with. I think, but. Having said all that, to your point, you got to become a master at, I mean, to me, these reviews are about detachment. We have to look at the reviews as small business owners, and we got to say, you know what? That pizza did come out cold. I, I, I was asking a premium price for the, uh, the meat lovers pizza on a Friday night, and it did take 45 minutes, and it did come out cold, which means I have a problem to address. Now, we have to differentiate between that and and just the guy who you click on his reviews and he's got seventy two of them. Can, can I bring a, one? Can I bring almost a political term into this mix? I, I hate that you are, but I know that you will. You said a problem. Is this this is what you really got to identify? Is it an isolated problem or is it a systemic problem? That's right. Right? Yeah. We can't take this is what we're talking about here. That's we right. can't take any one problem in our business and just call it systemic. No. The media is trying to do that right now in today's in today's oh, you know political culture. Just because one officer kills one African American individual does not necessarily mean that there's a systemic problem of police officers killing African Americans. I'm not here to judge whether that's true or false. What I'm telling you is you can't take an isolated incident and call it systemic. The, the, and we do that in our own business. I, you know, you know I, I would agree. There, there is no such thing as the one-off. And, and I think the numbers matter here. I think that if next Friday night you get another one-star review and you've got cold pizza at your pizza joint. Again. Now, look, you know, we, 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 we might, as the owner, I might need to show up and work a, a Friday night shift from afar you know, I might need a secret shopper now. Okay, that's right, that's right. If I get a third one on, another, I need to look. Who is in my bread? Is there somebody new here? What what what's going on with? Fr- so I think it's about the pattern, and I think the the it is. I think what you just said is also about the pattern, and it's also about the pattern inside, statistically speaking. Right. Okay, so for instance, um, you know, Better Business Bureau, if you you know, is 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 an organization that that helps to. Uh, give a grade to business organizations. We have an A-plus rating. Well, years ago, years ago, um, my A-plus rating moved, you know, somewhat rapidly to, in a, in a year's period, or maybe 18-month period, to sort of a, a, a B-minus and then to a C. And 
what I'm looking at from a, from a business perspective is, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. In that period of time, I had an excessive growth in the business. I mean, we're talking about a volume of customers that was near, you know, eight to 10 times what I was doing 18 months or 24 months prior. And so, yes, there were some new complaints that, that were coming through. The volume was massively larger. So I called them to listen. I think you've, you've, you've made some mistakes here. Um, we're, we're, our business is 10 times the size. You can't compare Apple computers volume to the guy who's about to sell a few computers out of the garage, right? If Apple gets one complaint, that's far less important than if the guy who sells 10 a year gets a complaint. And so from a statistical standpoint, we don't need to say something's systemic unless it has a pattern and statistically as a percentage, it's, it's sizable, right? Uh, and so, so let's, let's don't do that in our own business. Let's don't self-impose on ourselves. But, but it's hard because... That we, a problem we, is systemic. Because that... Re, yeah, exactly. No, no, I mean, totally agree in, in terms of the numbers there. The numbers need to bear it out to be true, but we're, we're parsing the emotions here. We, we know that small businesses, they're, they're our babies. It's not some entity. It's not the LLC or the S-Corp that you created. It's your baby. You know, it's somebody, it, and, and that's the hard thing for people who haven't been involved with small business to see when they, when they go to do that review, what they're really doing is they're taking your child <laughs> and they're making a comment about your child to the entire world. They're saying your child's ugly. They're saying your child's ugly. You don't dress him right. Your child's misbehaved. Right. Your child's rude. Um, <laughs> and, and so, you know, well, look, hey, it's within their right. And you know what? If I, if I charge you $18 for the double meat lovers pizza and it was cold, you know, I'm sorry about that. But yeah, I, frankly, I would have preferred to make it right while you were there. You, you know, know, I kind of like what you just, what you just, the, 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 the visual you just brought up. If, if this is our baby and we're the parent, there's not necessarily one way to be a good parent. There, there's a lot of different avenues of being a good parent to that baby. That customer may disagree on your, on your version of, 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 of parenting. doesn't make it wrong. This is why we can't make it systemic. We need to always listen to the feedback of all of our customers, and let's don't ignore it. But be careful to take someone else's individual opinion. You have no idea where, where they're coming from and what their basis and foundation is. That's right. Be careful to take that and project it across our whole business. I mean, that's, that's right. that. So not only is that a problem, it is also a solution, right? Yeah. So this is definitely in the middle of the small business owner self-imposed stress. No question. Absolutely. All right. So let's um let's graduate into what are some things we can do as small business owners to you know to solve some of these issues that we know that we just discussed. Well, you know what? Let's back. Let's recap those real quick. Here's the how and the why of, 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 of the self-employed, self-imposed stress. Misplaced expectations. That one is going to intersect with every other one of, the, of, of what causes stress. Misplaced expectations. Do you have a business plan and a framework that you're working inside of? If not, that could be a major problem. Um, do, financial margin. And fine, which creates financial stress. 
do did you or have you made sure that your financial margin is appropriate for what you're trying to accomplish? You don't want that to bleed over into your daily thinking into your family. Um, knowing who your customer is, going back to the framework, knowing who your customer is, is going to narrow the target and help to create better expectations. Know who your customer is. Identify them specifically in your business, who you're targeting. Because there's a lot of different categories of customers inside of your business. Target the ones you're looking. If you're, the, if you're in the roofing business, are you going after a retail roofing job? Are you going after an investor who has to replace roofs and remodel? Are you going to go after insurance work? I mean, these are three different categories. And then the last one we talked about is the angry customer, not letting them you know, define your business, detach yourself from the one angry customer. Do not automatically assume it's systemic. You know, those are the things we talked about. Okay, how are we going to solve and move past some of these, these, uh, these self-imposed stresses? And some of it, we didn't talk about some things like personality, uh, our own strengths and weaknesses, they all, they all play into to self-imposed stress as well. We're going to get into that in the, in the solving portion here. So how do you solve these self-imposed stresses? What are some key things we can take away? You got one, Travis? Well, there's one that I had put under a self-imposed stress, but I think you can actually flip it and turn it into a solution to, to some of this stuff, which is, most of the guys we've had on the show, um, uh, most of the people that we know, I think, fall into this category. So I'm going to say this is sort of a small business guy or gal's trait, which is, you know, we're always looking to improve. We're always trying to figure out, hey, how can we make that customer happy? How can we make our business better? How can we push the the margins on this thing? Well, you know, what what about the idea of celebrating some wins here? You know, I mean, we're, 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 and you and I are the world's worst at, I mean, we, we, we could, we could hit a scratch off this afternoon at the gas station. And by the time we get to the car, we forgot about it. This might be why we, we did this podcast today. Absolutely. Is because we're sitting here just banging our heads against the wall, some stuff that we're struggling with. But then when you look over here and go, wait, I went to the, the meeting this morning. I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. We got, we got some good things going here. Golly, we, we got people that show up on time, work the entire day, care about what they're doing, sit around and strategize about how to do it better. Hmm. Maybe that's a win in the small business category. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it is. So I, I, celebrating wins. I mean, you got to be intentional, guys, about that. That that g- g- give, me, give me like a practical. How, how w- If we were people that celebrated wins, what would that look like? Well, look, you know, Again, you get, so there's an angry customer that gives you a one star, okay? Then 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 pull up QuickBooks and look at your P&L. There may be a profit on the other end of that that, that looks pretty good. Maybe you need to celebrate that. Well, and there might be five other people that gave you five stars that you went, oh, that's nice, but you didn't lose sleep over like the one one star. Right, right. Yeah. that's right. There's a lot of places to look for, for the wins. I mean, I, I look at, I think personally, the wins I, I get most excited about are um, our individual folks and and their Absolutely. journey of an of who they are and their improvement and the fact that they they're fighting for our business every day. I mean, that's humbling to me. I get in a meeting and I almost tear up as I try to give feed feedback or or, or, or be involved because 
oh my God, these people are all in the room working hard on my behalf. I mean, it's, 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 it's humbling to me. Well, so I attended a funeral uh, of somebody I cared about this weekend. And um, so what was interesting, it was one of those funerals where they were pretty intentional about not making this a sad funeral, which was, you know, kind of, kind of interesting. But people came up and told stories, and I, and I shared this with you. I mean, one, one story that was not told was what this individual did for a living. And the reason it wasn't told is because everybody that came up had a great story about going on vacation or the time they went to New York, or it was all the little celebrations in life that everybody remembered. And so not being intentional about creating moments. And and I agree with you, Joe, I think as a small business owner, you know, when we look back at the course of our business, the biggest satisfaction is going to be the growth of our people. And, and, and the celebration and the wins that we shared with them. And the only way that happens is to circle a day on the calendar. And you did this the other day. You, you, uh, I mean, you, you know, the crew went to Dave and Buster's to celebrate a birthday of a key member of our team. Absolutely. Got to do it. Well, you just, you just really brought into one that we hadn't written down, but we talked about earlier. I think this is huge. And, you, and, and this came out of our discussions around that funeral. And I went to a funeral recently, too, with my grandfather. And, and th- this is, gosh, if we, could, if we could really digest this and take this to heart, why are we defining ourselves by our business successes and failures? Because... When you hit that funeral, when, when they're talking about you and and you're done and you're done and you're, they're talking about how people felt around you. They're talking about, you know, your interest in them, and and who you were as a legacy to them. They're not really caring or all that interested in how much money you made mm. or how many one stars you had. Why are we so? I mean, why are we defining ourselves so tightly to our successes and failures in our own business? Because our legacy and our relationships are really what matter. Oh, by, by, by the way, your relationship with your customers. You know, I, I imagine that there's some funerals that are had. You know, not not to uh, make the whole show about that, but I'm I'm sure there's lots of funerals out there where small business guys, you know, passed away and their customers show up. Right, I mean, these relationships extend way beyond uh, just just our employees or our family or our immediate group here. This extends to our customers. So, I've got a guy on my Facebook page, and the other day I thought, you know, how do I know that guy? I mean, how, how many people do you have on your Facebook page when they post something? You go, wait a minute, how do I know them? How did they make it their way onto my into my social media? This guy was a customer of my dad's, like a key customer. You know, I, I know the company he worked for. My dad owned a, a freight business. This guy moved, man, they, they made printed stuff in, in LaGrange, Georgia, and they moved lots of printed stuff. And my dad shipped all that for him. This guy liked to play golf. Um, my dad would check me out of school <laughs> and we'd go play golf with this guy. I'd, I'd go on his sales. I mean, I, this guy became somebody I knew this guy kind of, you know, from would track me throughout life and a few years back hit me up as a Facebook friend. That's how he felt about me based on my dad's relationship with him. 
And I think, man, what a relationship was built there that I'm somehow still connected. And I am. I'm still connected to this guy. Um, so, you know, shifting, this is, a, this is a huge how to solve the stress. Shifting the priority around relationships ultimately. Yes, we need money to survive. Yes, we need income. Yes, we want fulfillment in our work. But if you're making a ton of money, which could be defined by success to many, if you're making a ton of money and you're breaking every relationship along the way, you are going to be stressed and you are not going to be fulfilled. And and so this is just a, a journey we're on. The big truths is part of this journey. We're, we, we are desperately trying to quantify, identify, lay out why we do what we do and, and what, what's, what, what, what's our legacy. Well, it's so much easier to talk to older guys about this issue. It is. Because there's fewer, you know, marbles in that time bucket <laughs> as, as we get a little bit older here. They know it, right? They know it. It's they right go, in front of them. Hey, we, we, we all feel it as we age a little bit. It's, it's the younger guys that uh, I, I would, if you're listening here, I would just want you to reflect on this and hit the pause button for a minute. And, and again, if you're going to start a business or you're in business, what I want to help you define is success, and, and this is going back to that expectation part. I mean, can't can't deny it. Um, part of success to me, and you and I have discussed this a lot recently, and we've got very uh, uh, real about it. You know, part of success here is a time factor. It is not just the money factor. Um, there's not a lot of talent needed. I mean, if you want to work 100 hours a week, do I think you can open a small business and be successful? Yeah. You can do the Elon Musk thing that sounds very good. By the way, Elon Musk has tens of thousands of employees, but he, he makes it sound very good. I, I heard him the other day say, hey, if you work 100 hours a week and your competitor works 50, you get twice as much done. Okay, you sure do. You know who doesn't get twice as much done? Is your wife? Is your kids? Is your best friend that needs you? Is the Little League team? Is your church? I mean, we can go on and on. So to me, be careful as a young man defining success. I kind of wish I had that version to do over again. Well, that's interesting. Defining success. Well, that, that, that is that, is that part of the solve? I think it is. I think it goes back to your your, your expectations. Defining success is Definitely. is. I, mean, I love it. That's a, that's a you know, really when the curtains are pulled back. Define what that means to you. All right, let's move on. What are some practical things to sort of relieve some self-imposed stress? Well, you can't be all things to all people. You can't fulfill every role. You can't do everything. One, you don't have the time. Two, you don't have the mental capacity. Three, you don't have the talent to do it all. And you don't have time to be talented or be educated in all. So, a practical solution is outsource some things. Maybe maybe hire part-time, full-time people to, to take off of you what can be taken off. You need to put yourself in position to only be doing the things that you are good at doing. Well, and I, I think this is what Joe is a kind of a kind of a master at here. So um 
there's lots of people I would say in your daily walk, I don't think you got to go on the internet for this. I mean, you can. I mean, we know that there's businesses that have popped up that are monetizing this idea of outsourcing and virtual assistance, you know, for, you know, five bucks an hour. I know that's a thing. But I'm telling you, locally, it's also a thing based on where people are, uh, students, um, you know, people who, uh, you know, are at home ra- raising kids, be it uh, mom or dad these days. Um, there are people that are willing to do tasks, are willing to take over a piece of your, maybe your customer communication or whatever, your invoicing, your accounting for a fraction of what you may think. You've got to explore that virtual market. assistance overseas. Can you afford eight dollars, nine dollars an hour? That's cheaper for, than that a lot of times. Yeah, you know, seven dollars an hour. I mean, so part of being a business owner, it's not about becoming self-employed. So it's about using your 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 brain because you have ultimate control to to create leverage for yourself, and you got to do that through people. And so to do it, I mean, is it is it is it okay to make, you know, another $50,000 a year and work double? I'm not sure that's why any of us went into business. Why, why, why work that hard when you can leverage yourself, make close to the same amount of money, and if you leverage yourself, ultimately you're going to grow and make, and make more money. So, you know, we didn't go into business just for money. We went, went into business for time, for choices. And so let's, let's, let's create it an environment where that's possible. Um, some other things here that we talked about. Keep keep your, your business priorities in focus and narrow. You can't put on your plate that you're going to solve and tackle everything that's coming at you at once. Keep your, keep your focus narrow enough that you can move through some of these what feel like huge undoable tasks and challenges so i think that this uh solution uh, we're on the solution side of things right now i think there's a whole industry that has uh you know and some of us i know are are kind of predisposed to go ah you know i don't need that but let me tell you something when it comes to either therapy or it comes to business coaching. They've created an industry around helping you do very, something that's very simple. I mean, not, not simple to do, by the way, very difficult to do, but the concepts are, they're helping you maintain focus. A good business coach keeps bringing you back to, hey, I hear everything you're saying. I hear all this self-imposed stress. I, I hear all this stuff, but here's the deal. You're in the business of doing this. And this is what we need to stay focused on. And uh, so, I, I mean, I, as soon as the focus gets off of that and it gets on to all these other things, you know, you start, you start losing traction. You start feeling a, a tremendous amount of stress. But I, I do think this is definitely on the, uh, the, the how to get out of it column. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you, you brought up hire outside counsel. Man, it's huge. Hey, you're stuck in a rut. You're, 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 you're pushing pressure and stressing yourself, and you don't know how to get out of the rut. Well, you need a third-party set of eyes. You don't, you're not a big corporation. You don't have a, a board of directors. We've talked about that in a few shows. You don't have a board of directors, but, you know, for, for 75 an hour or 100 an hour, 
it's well worth to go get a, a third oh, set man. of eyes, second set of eyes to say, hey, whoa, wait a minute. What you've said is your framework you're not abiding to. What you've said you're going to do with your family you're not doing. No wonder you're stressed. Exactly. How much are you making? You don't, why? What are, you, what are you trying to, what is your real goals here, Travis? You know what I mean? You need somebody here to bounce this off of. So I think that's a great idea. I'm, I'm outside out, counsel. Outside counsel. Now, I don't know where this is on our, our spreadsheet if we're skipping ahead here, but I would put this also in the category of partnerships. I mean, I think one of the things that a good partner does to you, and again, be, be careful with, you know, we, we got a whole nother, in fact, series coming your way on, on how to partner and what you should do prior to and, and during and, and the reasons uh, why we've been successful doing that. But, you know, a partner should also fill that gap. You know, just somebody that has a vested interest now in what you're saying. When you have a partner, you got somebody that's on the boat with you. Right. So as they begin to kind of hear your junk, <laughs> that they begin to hear your self-imposed stress, that partner, they got a dog in the fight and they're paying attention to you uh, in a way that maybe nobody else can. And if you got the proper partner, and again, this is a whole show, but if you have a, the proper partner in your quarter, in your court, on your side, then they bring a different set of talent, skills and abilities and they just see it differently. What your huge stress is may be absolutely a checkbox for them. And, and, and that's, boy, that relieves some stress. I, I've, I, it's like going to an, it's like going to an attorney when you're in a, what you think is a huge pickle and some lawsuit's been brought against you. And you go to the attorney that's right in the court of, of the type of lawsuit that, that you've, you know, a narrow attorney that really knows your type of, of lawsuit. And he goes, wait a minute, based on this, this, and this, this is not a big deal. Man. We'll just put this through a B and C bucket and by in, in 90 days, we're, we're don't even sweat about that it. Is, Travis, that that's what we're talking about here. That is the perfect analysis. That's a lot of stress. That's, that's gone. That's the perfect. You know, we, we do run to attorneys in time of where we have this hyper fear of being sued, or maybe we're getting sued and we're thinking we're definitely going to lose. And you walk into that office and, 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 and you walk out and you, you do have the truth. I mean, you do have somebody who is an advocate for you, who's been there a million times and who is, you know, you're, you're right. I mean, I've had that experience. You walk out and you go, wait a minute. And now this goes back to the plan, the, the, the first part of the self-imposed stress. The attorney, the reason I feel better after I talk to the attorney is they lay out an agenda. They do. They lay out a plan. And they're also very knowledgeable. Whoa, boy, this just is opening a Pandora's box here. We oftentimes make assessments on things that cause us stress when we are not qualified to make the assessment. That's right. So when you get in the room with the attorney who's qualified to make the assessment of that lawsuit, he, the expert's in the room. And so you're like, oh, okay. Now, if that attorney says, we got a problem. That's right. Well, that's going to elevate the stress because you got the expert in the room. So, so be careful that you're, that you're self-imposing because you believe you're the expert. You're, 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 you're making assessments that you're not even qualified to make. Absolutely. And I, I would add to that, the quicker you can get to, and again, just, you know, you're right. The attorney, the attorney analogy is spot on because we all feel the heat in the lawsuit, but the, the quicker you can get to the solution, even if the solution's not great, even if it's not, Hey, you know what? This doesn't matter. We're going to, it's laying out a plan. It's the plan. 
We, we work better when we know, okay, here's the next thing I'm going to do. I'm going to give you one more, you know, visual parent kid. If a, if a five-year-old doesn't have a known parenting protocol boundaries, then that kid is going to bounce all over the place and be a wreck. But when that parent has clearly defined the boundaries and holds the boundaries accountable, that kid can be very productive at five. That's right. And so that's all we're talking about here is, is put yourself in a position to be around experts that can help you, be it be counselors, coaches, attorneys, whoever it may be, to get you out of this place of stress that that's around a problem that you're not qualified to deal with. Right? All right. Going into the sort of the next uh, things you can uh, do to solve your stress, um, you talked about this one earlier earlier uh, before the show. Is what got you excited to begin with and begin in this journey of business? How do you get yourself back to? We get so in the rut that we forgot the passion of the problem we were trying to solve in business or the opportunity we saw in business. We need to remind ourselves of this. Yeah. And again, I think this goes back, uh, you know, a lot of this can go back to, to the written game plan here, but when, when it comes to, you know, this is your first love. I mean, this is the dream. And at some point when you, (laughs) You know, look, none of us have enough information going into business. So I'm not an advocate for studying it to death or, you know, analyzing it to death. You know, I mean, I'm probably more of an advocate for jumping in, frankly, because I think you learn so much. But somewhere in that process, you can get disheartened and you can decide, you know what, that maybe there's too many variables. Maybe I'm not enough. Maybe, Maybe my idea wasn't good enough. But, you know, you you go back to what was the fuel that caused you to quit your job, to tell everybody you know that you were going to go on this adventure. I mean, what was that? And where did you lose it? And why did you lose it? And I so I, I think you got to become intimate with that. But there's a reason why you found yourself opening this business. And I think when that reason can be held up in front of you, it can also pick you up when you're in a rut and, and can kind of propel you to the next level. That's right, and uh, we're, we're, that sort of migrates right into here the next one. Hey, you're in small business. Um, there's going to be some pain. There's going to be some things that are just feel unbearable. Get your butt out of the bed in the morning and plow through it. We have found in our business that marinating over the problem takes longer than solving the problem. Way worse. Go solve it. Go plow through it. Learn from it, but get it off your plate and quit marinating in it. Get it done. I don't care if it's the wrong plan. It's better than no plan because when it's the wrong plan and you you go, okay, well, I did that. That didn't work. Now you can do something else. Um, so, So, you know, take heart. Young entrepreneur, old entrepreneur, Joe and I have been, man, I've been self, I mean, it feels like I've been self-employed my whole life because I wasn't a very good employee, Uh, but I've been self-employed for, I don't know, 15, maybe 20 years at this point. 
Um, and you know, I fall into this trap on, on a regular basis of kind of getting defeated by future things and kind of, kind of visualizing and think, Oh, well, we shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. We shouldn't do that. Um, so it happens. I think, I think it's the dragon that keeps coming back in small business. Well, and, and the older we get, the more, you know, pain marks we have, we do. the more experience marks we have. And so, you know, the young guy didn't have those. That's right. He, he's, he's attacking. Right. He's aggressively going forward. We go, whoa, whoa, looking back, whoa, whoa, looking back, whoa, whoa, looking back. And so, you know, you you use this uh, as a as an example. I think it's a good one. If you're a, if you had a really bad accident and you've got a a, a limb that's not working very well, the rehab facility helps you get through. An enormous amount of pain mm. because that arm actually could come back to full life. Mm. It also could, could not. That's right. And so they rehab, we all, as we know, is very important in, you know, the future of, of your well being. That's right. And, and so sometimes, you know, going back to the coach, maybe you need somebody on the sidelines helping you through the pain because, we know on the other side of pain oftentimes is the great riches of your success. I think that's one of the hardest things to, for, for us to know. So, so know for sure when you sign up for the small business, when you have went to that class uh, where they're selling the franchise, know what the franchisor is actually selling you. Ooh. He's selling you a dose of pain. He is, he, he is, he is wrapping that pain up and all kind of results. He wants to talk about the results but what he perhaps is underselling a little bit is, brother, you are signing up for a massive pain. Now, the intuitive thing to do, and again, we deal with this, and we, we coach our employees with this, but you know, when, when people feel pain, you, you, you retract from it. You go, wait a minute, that's wrong. I feel pain, and that hurts, and so I need to change what I'm doing and go somewhere where there's no pain. Well, I mean, if I had that buzzer, that ant buzzer, <laughs> that's the part where you hit eh, and you go all too often. Unfortunately, the reality is you lean into the pain. It needs to become more painful before it becomes less pain. And that's, and that's rehab, right? That's rehab. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to say this without a whole lot of thought behind it. If, if that's not you, and you're not somebody who can lean into pain and, and, and for a little, you're probably not a small business owner. It's going to be successful long-term. That's right. So, well, oh, so I, that, so I, that's, you know, that's being true and self-aware. And, and, and I would caution a lot of people. I would say this, which is, um, you're capable of more than you think you're capable. I, I know having, having kids who are 18, 20 years old who doubt themselves. Um, and I'm looking at them and again, I'm biased of course. Now, I know from from talking to Joe's kids and getting to to know Joe's kids, who I don't feel like I'm as biased with. I, I know they're way more capable than they think they are, and so everybody needs everybody needs that situation to be a bit of a hero to to find out if you're a hero. So I would say, don't shrink from it. I mean, I would say it. I mean, all this sounds very daunting, you know, lean into the pain. Yeah, it sounds like my eighth grade football coach, frankly, you know. Um, but look, he was dead right about it. 
But, but what I didn't know about myself and what I would encourage you about is you're capable of leaning into a lot more pain than you think. Um, and this gets into a lot of other shows, but you know, Joe, it kind of comes to mind here when you and I discuss this a lot with, because we got alternatives, right? I mean, most people listen to us. We all got alternatives, whether it's going back to, to work for, for our, you know, whatever the company we were at or our friend or our buddy, um, you know, the, the reality is if that's the alternative, do you burn that bridge? How many times do we get into a situation and the reason that we succeeded is we really didn't have that alternative? That's right. Right. Maybe again, that's another show. That's another show, but I I do want to say that we have, another solution that's the opposite of leaning into the pain because i think god give it to me where's it been life's a balance okay (laughs) and so leaning into the pain is absolutely necessary the 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 other part of this is be kind to yourself and appreciate the value that you bring to your family to your business if you don't sit back and i'm bad at this and go wait a minute appreciate who you are and what you can do, what you have done. If we're not appreciating our own value and be kind to our own self, first of all, how are we going to be kind to anybody else? How are we going to get a positive attitude going forward if we're not can be kind to our own self? And so I don't want to go into it big time, but let's don't understate this. You, you do have to be nice to yourself. This don't is, don't be negative self-talk all the time. This is the softer, kinder Joe Watkins. <laughs> Where have you... Where have you been, Joe? I'd rather say, get your <laughs> butt in gear. But but anyway, um, I'm going to let you talk about this one as I prepare for the closing. Oh, wow. The very last one here is create the things you look forward to. Create things outside of work that you look forward to doing because that's part of why you went to small business. Talk about it. Well, this is pretty close to celebration of wins, in my opinion. It kind of kind of goes together. Um, so there are some mental games that we could play as small business owners, right? I mean, we, it, you as the owner, you see the entire picture. Your employees don't get to see the entire picture. You, you see the entire picture. So what I would encourage you to do is set up some mini wins and to, and, and to do something tangible with those wins. I mean, you know, if you hit a certain number, or whatever it may be, whatever the data point may be, and I would kind of encourage you for it to be data-driven. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. What are we talking You're about? going to a different solve. We've no, already the, talked about this. This is no, no, do no. things for no, yourself no, no. outside of work, non-related to work, that you look forward to. Well, I, I, I it's think, you going up and, you know, no, going no, no. fishing in the boat. No, no, I think that's not practical. Not, not tied to no, work. No, no. I, I, I think that's La La Land podcast stuff. You know, and well, so well, this well, is where well, we're going well, to disagree. Well, well, here's where we. I want to go play golf every Friday. Screw whether I did good in business well, that week. Here, here's what I think you ought to be doing. I think you ought to be saying, "Come Thursday, if I've hit my numbers, I'm playing golf on Friday." That's what I think. Well, I mean, you just totally missed the last point. That's I, just I, so I, that's such a rosy. This BS is about podcast. You own a business, guys. Are you kidding me? If you're working. 60 hours a week and never taking a day off. You know what things to look forward to because you own a business. 
because you have control over your own schedule, take advantage of it. And you don't have to tie it to success in your business. Let's be clear. If you're losing money, Get your butt in the office. Get off the golf cart. Are you well, kidding me? Are you? Are, I'm not it, saying that it, you're it, losing money. It, is your name Joe Watkins? This almost deserves a song. I, <laughs> I wanted to recap this show, but I'm pissed off right now. <laughs> you know, Just take some time off, guys. Feel better about your... It'll all work out. Are you kidding me? It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It ain't easy, you're the one with the plan. Yeah! This is what he, what Travis ain't figured out yet. God, did you interrupt yourself? Early to bed now. Early to rise. Early to rise, especially. Go get that worm and never... Compromise takes more than you think, not more than you got. Go get yourself up, yeah. This is your shot. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It ain't easy, but it's worth it. It ain't easy. You're the one. With the plane. Big truths of small business. Come back and see us. Give us a five-star rating. We appreciate you very much.